Hey, this is the coach Brendan Sir, and again, before we start our podcast, I wanted to tip you off, give you a little inside info on what we're doing. Uh, come Monday, we're launching a PhD in coaching course. This is something that, again, we've really been working hard on. What we wanted to do, we felt that one of the greatest areas in coaching is the art of coaching and what we call the science of coaching. The science of coaching is all the sports science, all the training and conditioning, all the strategy that's used, all the schemes and tactics that you as a coach in any sport use. The art of coaching has nothing to do with the sport, has everything to do with the people. And so what we are doing is we are, we've done a 13-lesson course in the art of coaching. I think you'll find the experts that we've engaged in this that will that you will learn from are spectacular. Uh, this has been 40 years of my coaching along with people that I've coached with and experts that I've studied and learned from, as well as what I think are the most important things you need, no matter what type of team you're coaching, male or female, to make you successful and take you to the next level. I don't care how successful you are, how many games you've won, there's no finish line. And if you don't think you can get better or improved, then don't have your players do anything in player development. This is something that will take you to the next level. We have piloted this and ran this by some of the very best coaches in sport, and the reviews that we've gotten have been off the charts. So I think you're going to love this. On Monday when we introduce this, we'll tell you about some bonuses of signing up that I think you'll say, how can I not? That's a big tease, but I can't wait to tell you on Monday all about my PhD in coaching course. I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When the folks from Interzone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what Interzone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of Interzone with your team, whether you are a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash Interzone. That's I-N-N-E-R-Z-O-N-E. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, and our guest today is David Patrick, the head coach of University of California, Riverside. David and I worked together at LSU when we coached Ben Simmons. He is the godfather of Ben. Uh, David is one of the very best people I've ever met in basketball. He's a high energy, great teacher, great recruiter, great basketball guy. Uh, he is a valued, trusted friend of mine uh, who... We talk every single day about basketball and life. I think you're really going to get an enjoyment out of listening to David Patrick. After this break, we're going to come back with DP. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. 
Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. My guest today is David Patrick, uh, the head coach of the University of California Riverside, the Highlanders. And David and I work together at LSU and is absolutely, as a disclaimer, one of my very best friends in coaching and uh, uh, the person who is one of my people that I rely on as my friend and life coach. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Hey, Coach Sir. Thanks for having me on your call, and I couldn't be greater than talking to you. Well, listen, uh, as we when we worked together every day at LSU, and then when you went on to TCU, we had a conversation with you where you shared with coaches, you know, what it's like to go to another program and stuff like that, and, and what, you know, the impact that you can make as an assistant but now, after two years at TCU, with incredible success, uh, now you know you have your own job. When you took this job last, you know, we'll say technically last April, but it was more technically March of last year. Let's start to talk about all the things that went into it. Number one, uh, the process of being a very highly you know, I don't want to say ranked, but one of the people that was one of the most prestigious assistants in the country, the rising stars of coaches, and all, all of a sudden opportunities present themselves. What went into you making a decision to take a head coaching job? Well, look, I think first and foremost, um, Coach, sir, I know we talked about when we were assistants about how we don't always try to get better personally. Um, and when I say that, I mean in the summer, whether it's getting out to camps or speaking to clinics or going to different uh, places where you can learn as a coach. And, mm-hmm. and, and I was fortunate to, to take that, uh, that message you gave me as an assistant probably four years ago mm-hmm. and, and, and start doing that more. And basically spending time on yourself as much as you work for your current universities, if you're an assistant coach or even a head coach, I, I think – you have to put some time in for yourself. And so I started doing that um, every summer and, and, and whenever I could get to a clinic. And I say that to say um, I went and spoke um, at a good friend of mine, Diedrich Taylor's think tank uh, two years ago out in LA. Um, and he had assistant coaches and current head coaches and administrators talk as well as search firms. Um, and it's a great event, but in that event, um, my current AD, um, A.D. Tamika Smith-Jones happened to be in the audience. 
and hmm. uh, you know uh, I presented my topic and it was amazing that uh, she gave me a card and told me to stay in touch with her um, and as the year went on um, you know unfortunately for the previous head coach she made a change well that connection I made at the at the clinic or at the the, the coaching forum um, allowed me to already have a connection to the athletic director and so as an assistant a lot of times if you don't know the ad or you don't know the search firm involved no matter how good of an assistant you are or how good of a coach you are it's hard to 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 get this opportunity to be a head coach and so i was just fortunate to to be in the quote-unquote right place at the right time and i guess have the characteristics that she was looking for uh when she had to hire a new head coach. And so um, I think a lot of the stuff you and I have talked about uh, helped me uh, at least get in this seat as, as, as the head coach at the moment. You know, David, that's a, that's a great point. You know, Chuck Daly once told me, uh, he said, Brendan, you're never going to get a job with a resume. That's not how it happens. And I'm like, okay. And uh, he says, you're going to get a job on social contact that you have with a person that's hiring or someone that's very close to the person that's hiring. Mm-hmm. And when he said it to me, as most times, I didn't really understand it. And when I look back on my career now, David, you know, I've been working, you know, 40 plus years, and I've never once got a job with a resume. Zero. Not For one. sure. And, and every one of them, was a contact, a personal relationship with my with the person hiring or someone else, and so what you did is basically you t- you t- you proved that because this is a person who you got to meet, who had a relationship with you because you met her at an event where she got to hear you really present and really say that person's an articulate voice that could represent my program. She put it together. You didn't put it together for her, and that, I think that is that is so valuable. So. Uh, you know, Dedrick, as you mentioned, Dedrick, he's an incredible guy. And he also, like yourself, is a continual learner and stuff. And, and I think, you know, we can't emphasize enough to coaches that besides developing themselves, I think there's two questions you have to ask yourself every day. What am I doing to develop myself? And then what am I doing to develop others? And I think you are one of the really really great examples of that because every day that I was with you, you were always trying to get better. And then most importantly, you were always investing in other people to develop them, whether it be players, other coaches, managers, you know, you were always investing people, just office staff, support staff, making them feel important and appreciative. And I think that's a unique quality that serves with your personality, David, you know, and how was that now taken over at Riverside where you don't know anyone other than your athletic director, who's terrific, but that's all you knew. And you're in a place that you worked once before in that state, but in a different part of the state. What was it like going in where you don't really know anyone? Well, I'll tell you this, you know, just to touch back quickly on what you talked about, you you talk about relationships. And and one thing was knowing the athletic director, which was who, who I knew, but now she had to be able to pick up the phone and call some other people. Uh, to kind of cross-check her her first impression of me, uh-huh. and if you if you go back to our times at LSU and for all these other coaches that are at other, other places, you never know whether your academic lady that's on staff or your your young associate AD that may be on staff, they'll move in higher positions at some point. And so, 
on that journey, you know, Erica Lavender, who was the academic lady at LSU, had now moved on to be associate AD over at Toledo. Well, she knew A.D. Jones. So, about Tick, that? you know, I handled myself well with her um, as well as I could, you know, especially dealing with her all the time with our student athletes, but didn't treat her in a, in a bad way at all. You know, and then my athletic director, Chris Del Conte at TCU, um, A.D. Jones had been at his his talks before. Um, mm. had a great relationship with him. And so um, you don't, obviously you don't want to be fake amongst your, your your relationships you have with people on campus, but you never know who's going to be able to help you down the line in terms of, in terms of if you're trying to move on to get a, get a head coaching job. And so I think that's important when you touch on relationships with people outside of your, 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 your coaching circle, because, you know, these are administrators and, there's there's a little bit of coaching. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on and just being a hit, a hit coach and calling plays, you know, and so yeah. I want to make sure I touch on, touched on that. All right, so you've heard me preach over the years uh, when I get on my very small soapbox, uh, not high off the ground so I don't fall, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, uh, <laughs> that you know, as a head coach, David, when, you, when you're an assistant coach, you're going to, you know, when you're at TCU or an LSU, you're going to get to spend 10% of your time only on basketball. And then, but guess what? When you become a head coach, it's going to go to 17 to 20%. Is, For sure. You know, so all you dreamt about is being a head coach. And now, because now you're going to get to call ball plays, plan practices, do all the great things that you want to do, coach a team, you know, develop a group. And unfortunately, only 20% of your time is really on basketball. Let's talk about the other things that go into being a head college coach. Okay, when you did this job, what is the list of top couple of things that you know you have to take care of? What's on your immediate list when you take that job? Let's go April, uh, you know, of 18. So you got it. Perfect. Well, I think one of the first things I did is I, I kept on uh, the interim head coach, which is not normal. Um a lot of people come in and change their staff, but Justin Bell was the interim here. I'd known Justin for probably 10 years and, 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 and trusted him. So Justin played here and coached here. So I kept somebody on that had seen it through the other lens and, and, and was able to tell me what he thought needed to be improved. And so, um, you know, when I came in, you know, UC, UCR, UC Riverside has only been a Division One program for, for 14 years. And so first we, we needed to brand our program and, and branding in this day and age with, with social mm. media um, has been a huge proponent in, in, in any organization. And so we had no real base of that. Um, so I've tried my best to, to hire a staff that was, was savvy in terms of putting stuff, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter and, and just get out, get our followers up, get out, get our brand out there. Mm -hmm. um, stuff you don't, think about too much as, as an assistant you know the the other part was finding out you know what are the academic um rigors here um mm -hmm. the uc system's a, a great academic system so not every not every player can survive here and i think there's one thing to get great players but if you got players that can't be eligible and stay on the floor um you're doing it in vain and so we had to go through our roster um, and see what guys can not only make it from a basketball standpoint, but make it through the academic rigors of this school. You know, it's not it's not TCU, it's not LSU, where you have the same, um, but the big academic departments because mm -hmm. of football. Um, so we needed guys that could be self sufficient. 
and um, we're able we're able to do that. You know, you have to start bridging the community and and your and and your city where you're at. Um, so I made a conscious effort to get out in the community um, through a couple barbecues where I had the the different different factors from around the community come and just be present, you know, and, and, and get to know them and get that, let them feel our program. You know, uh, the one thing I, I knew coming here, well, which I didn't know was, you know, we have 30,000 students here. Um, wow. so we need to do a job of getting out on campus and, and where the students can, you know, touch us and see us daily, um, whether it be eating on campus every day, um, or today we have a hoop fest on campus, but different ways where they can connect to us. Cause I didn't think the student population knew that they even had a division one program <laughs> here that could be supported. And sure. so that's on me and my staff, um, to do that, you know, uh, uh, daily, you know? And so, um, there's so many other factors and that has nothing to do with what offense I'm running, what right. defense I'm running. Um, we, we needed to change our, our uniform. You know, I thought, um, what separates us? You know, a lot of the UC systems, um, most systems are blue and gold. And um, about that? For whether it be UCLA or Cal or um, the other teams in our conference, which I won't name, uh, they're they're <laughs> they're all blue and gold. <laughs> they're all blue and gold. How about and that? So, I, yeah. I'm thinking about them now, and I I'm saying, wow, you're right. Yeah. So you know, I didn't know that taking the job, but of course not. You know, I've I've, I've tried to change our gold, make it kind of an electric uh, fluorescent gold similar to Baylor, which I thought yeah. they did a great job of branding themselves, Oregon Oregon football and basketball sure. have done. So just sitting there and, and, and doing those things on my own um, have been ways of trying to separate ourselves, you know. Um, so there's a litany of things that come up daily, and I call you and complain to you every morning about <laughs> what I didn't know. Um, but it's great challenges, you know, and anytime you're trying to change a, change a program and change your perception, um, it's not all what you do on the floor. It's what you do um, out there to, to get me and my program out in front of the community. So, you know, let's, let's talk about, okay, now oh, I, I think when any program, any sport, men or women, uh, when you get the job, the immediate thing you've been thinking about, and you've been thinking about it, uh, we all do, we all have a list in our pocket of people that were interested in hiring if I ever got a job. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you have a list? I had a list. Okay. And did you get any of the people on your list? I did. I got some of the people on yeah, my that, list. Yeah, that's great. Which yeah. is great, you know. And uh, you've told me that. And I'm very Obviously, I'm very close to Eric Musselman and, and Porter Moser, and, and, and they told me always as you start getting ready for your job, as well as you always have a list of guys um, that you may may or may not hire, you know, and mm -hmm. um, have a plan B as well because you probably can't afford them. <laughs> so I was. Um, oh, we know a couple that you couldn't, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. I, well, here's what I didn't know. You know, I knew at St. Mary's, and this is this is similar to when I was an assistant at St. Mary's. That you know, we're not we're gonna have to roll our sleeves up as a head coach and assistants, and 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 no work is beneath us. You know, and you don't have to do that at a at a Power Five. You know, you don't have to wear as many hats. Sure. When you're at a Power Five school, and so here. I needed guys that were not only um, savvy enough on the court and that I could trust first and foremost, uh, but I needed guys that would be okay doing social media, would be okay checking classes, would be okay um, booking flights and, and, and doing meals on the road. Um, mm -hmm. 
um, and also be able to, you know, this is not a nine to five job. This is, <laughs> this is this a 16, 18 hour job. Sure. You know? So I needed guys that were, uh, were dedicated um, to not only make this program great, but, you know, have, have ambition to move on. And I tell them all, the only way you're going to move up is if we do good here. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if not, you'll be down here with me for a while. You know, <laughs> my goal is not to keep you, <laughs> keep you forever when I want us to win. But I, I needed a staff um, that nothing was beneath them, if that makes makes any sense to you. You know, one of the things I remember one day we were practicing with the Pistons and uh, at the end of an NBA practice or something, or you're ready to get started in the practice and there are balls all over the arena. And, you know, you try to get them all, put them in the ball rack. And, you know, we don't have managers in the NBA, as you know. And, and all of a sudden, the trainer, for some reason, he was pissed off. So he didn't go pick them up. And the next thing I know, here I look, and there's Hall of Famer Chuck Daly picking up all the balls, putting them in the ball rack. He walks into the center circle. The trainers who's supposed to pick them up, he ain't picking them up. He's standing in the center circle with his arms folded. And Chuck says, no job too big, no job too small any of us and I said I never forgot it and and that's that's the that's the mentality I have to have you know we're all in this together type of thing so you know the first hundred days on a job is always one of the things they talk about you know when you get this job and a hundred days sounds like oh my god it's such a long period of time and a hundred days flew for you you know April May June and in July you know so the first 120 days on a job you know you're recruiting for 18 and then you're starting to recruit for 19. Uh, talk about some of the places you had to go and, you know, back to your fertile recruiting ground, uh, you know, and, and what is Australia for you as a recruiter? Look, I think um, obviously the lifeblood of mo- any programs, the, the recruits and the players you have in your system. And so I knew from, from day one, um, we had to get better. That's not saying the guys here weren't good enough, but we had we had to make some improvements. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to continue the relationships I had from from recruiting at TCU and LSU and in in Australia and and, and use that pipeline um, to get some guys here. So the the first commitment we got was an Australian, believe it or not, um, but it was someone that we recruited at LSU, um, someone we recruited at TCU. And he just happened to be available um, when I got the job. And um, then the, the next guy I got was a, a seven foot one post player from New Zealand. Wow. Uh, um, who's, I think, can help us. I'm, I'm hopeful. I don't want to put too much on his shoulders. But there again, someone we recruited at TCU, my coach, myself, and Coach Dixon have flown out to see him a, a few times. Um, he got injured late in the season last year, so his recruiting died down a little from, from the power fives. Um, so I made it a priority to, to get him um, day one. So he signed in this class, and I can comment on him, Callum McCray. Um, he was one that's already on campus now um, that came with me. And then the third guy was from Australia on the national team named Dragon Elkaz. Uh, similar deal. Um, sat out last year um, after graduating, um, but someone I had a relationship with uh, from my days in assistant. And um, I, I use those three, for example, because you mentioned the Australian sure. International. Um, I think any time as you're an your assistant and you're on the road and you think you've got a head coaching job coming up in the next year or two, um, you have to obviously recruit for the program that you're at, which which is first and foremost, recruit for the, the people that 
the name you have on your chest. Mm-hmm. But you want to keep a – I always started keeping like a secondary list of guys. If I got a Mountain West job, mm-hmm. if I got a Big West job, if I got a WCC job, so on and so forth, or a Conference USA job, they may not be good enough for us at TCU, but this guy may be good enough to help us at this next level. And so I started doing that about two years ago, and I think it helped me um, in my transition here um, as a head coach because my assistants have only worked for me for, for six months now. They mm-hmm. don't know what I like. I know what I like and what's <laughs> going to work for me. You right. know, I, I think after a year or so, uh, they'll figure that out, but I couldn't rest on what they saw. You know, I, one thing I do know, I think I can evaluate talent. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, I know the guys that we brought in, at least from day one, uh, should be able to help us uh, as we try to build this thing. David, you know, having worked with you and knowing your strengths, you know, you, you are a great evaluator of talent. You're also a great teacher and coach. Uh, what is the David Patrick type of player? What is, what kind of player do you like, uh, you know, if you had your choice in now that you're at, you know, at UCR? Yeah. You know, obviously if I could find 13 Ben Simmons, that'd be great, but they don't, they don't fall off trees. But I I think the one thing that you can attest to, and if I think about the pros that I've been fortunate to coach in college, um, you got to be a self-motivated worker, Mm -hmm. uh, high IQ Mm. and tough. You know, and I, I think if you have those three things, especially somewhere, I don't say like this, but if, if, if you if you work on your own without your coach telling you to get in the gym and get extra shots up, it takes so much so much weight off your plate. I think as a mm-hmm. as a head coach or an assistant, if you just try to get talented guys that don't have any ambition to work and just wasting their laurels of, of, of their God given ability, I think it's hard to to win consistently and. When I look at the Final Four teams and teams that have success in the tournament, uh, even our teams at TCU, and um, we were tougher and worked harder, I think, than most teams. Probably not the most talented, but it gave us the chance to work hard. You know, LSU, we had an abundance of talent, and, you know, we, we played great some nights and great not so well the other nights, but um, we, we, we had a, a great amount of talent. And then at St. Mary's with Coach Bennett, like, and I learned that from him. You got to get workers that want to be in the gym um, on their own, and that's the only way that you can even yourself to the more talented teams. And so that's kind of what I'm what I look for. Um, you know, we never thought when we were evaluating players in the NBA, either of us, that you know that we would ever value what we call playing hard. Uh, you know, as a talent, but it is playing hard, uh, passion, love of the game as a talent, but it, it now has become one because there's so many kids that, unfortunately, maybe it's the AAU where they're playing 75 games in the summer that they don't love to play like others used to. But I think it's so important that, as you mentioned, that you know guys that love to play, and when they do play and they step between the lines, they play hard because it makes your job so much easier. Oh, it does, you know, especially with the restrictions that you have on – you can be on the floor with with players and whatnot nowadays. If if they don't, the, the time we have in, with them is not enough to to get to where you're trying to get to. And so they need to be able to get in on their own and and do extra work. You know, um, and I think the last part I want to talk touch sure. on coaches. You know, I have I have two wonderful daughters who you know Bailey and Madison. Love them. Um, but I, I want players that I can trust around my kids. You know, whether I have mm. daughters or men, like like. The, 
no matter how talented you are, can I can I have my kids around? Or if I leave the gym, can they? Can I trust that they're not? They, you know that they're going to handle this, themselves right. And if they can do that, um, then I can sleep well at night. You know, I don't want to have to worry about if they're they're up to mischief. You know, and, no, and, that's great. No, you're right. Character guys are so important. And that's as you know, that's what we look for at the next level. You know. Uh, is this guy someone that's going to make good choices? And is this guy someone that is high character? And Because those are the guys you win with at the end. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdish.com basketball.com or follow them on twitter at dr dish b ball but the david patrick team this year and in the years to come what's it going to look like from a style standpoint d what, what, what what's your team going to play like look i'm i'm hopeful we not just shoot the ball but but, but we we make make shots you know i think you know i've come from a from a foundation of where we're shooting um is, is is key and making making threes um on the offensive end playing with pace um we're kind of going to be a four out one in team i'm not giving away my scout but that's that's where we how we'll play um and to do that you need a you need an interior presence um which i think we're, we'll get um we're going to be tough defensively and the one thing that these guys can tell you every day um all i yell about is rebounding because i think yeah the, the two guys I've worked for and, and Jamie Dixon and, and coach Bennett um, harped on rebounding. Uh, and I know that travels on the road when you're missing shots, when you're making shots and that comes down to the toughness part, mm-hmm. you know, you're hundred um, percent right. Yep. And so I think you're going to find a, a team that's fun to watch in the offensive end, but a team that's, that's tough rebounding the basketball and, and gritty defensively. Um, you know, so, you know, and I know you have a tough schedule this year and I know, uh, your conference is a very underrated conference. There's some really good teams and excellent coaches in that league. But, uh, tell me, uh, when you're recruiting and, and again, from what I, you know, from what I know from our talks is that, you know, frankly, as all coaches do, you're trying to recruit a player, that frankly is uh, been better than maybe some other schools in the conference have get, and that's the key to any successful program. But uh, what is your pitch, let's say, and you're a great salesman, what is your pitch to a recruit to come to UCR? Look, I think early on we, is you're, you're, you're our guy. It's about my first year. Um, uh-huh. And so you, you're part of the foundation and the fabric of what I'm, what I'm building. Um, 
But when you come down here, there's a lot to sell when you get here. I told you we have 30,000 students. Uh, the weather is fantastic. The, the, the university and the academics here are second to none. Um, we have a, a, a fantastic chancellor in Kim Wilcox who had been at Michigan State and been at Kansas. So he gets, he understands basketball, um, and wants it to be good. Um, you, you are very close. You're, you're an hour from LA. You're 35 minutes from Newport Beach. Um, you, you know, we, we play against Hawaii's in our conference. So, mm. uh, and we play a national schedule and, um, I think, you know, we have an international airport right here in Riverside, Code Ontario, which people don't know about until they come here. Um, so there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to sell, um, in, in, in this region. Um, you know, for me, um, I think is we, we have great coaches in this league and you touched on them from, from Dan Munson to uh, Jim Les up at UC Davis and, um, who have won at other places, uh, Russell Turner at UC Irvine. So we have older coaches that are seasoned and, and great at what they do. And we have great young coaches and, you know, Ron Gennad over at Hawaii and Deidre Taylor at, at the Phillipson. Um, so um, I think with me, you're getting a guy that's not a quote unquote players coach. Cause I know that's easy to say, Oh, that means you're soft, mm-hmm. but I can, <laughs> I can, I can relate to them. I, I, I think on other levels than a lot of other coaches can't, you know, and, um, you know, I'm not that far removed from playing, and 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 I, I still think I'm cool. So I understand. Um, I, I think I can relate to players um, and 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 earn their trust um, right away. You know, very quickly, which I think I have with the group that I inherited. You know, um, I'm going to be fair but hard, mm-hmm. and I think that's all you want. Um, my phone is is open to any player, any mother, any coach. My practices are open. I don't close them. So nothing I'm doing is behind closed doors. Like it's, it's an open, it's an open book for anybody. What's your biggest challenge this year in your first year? I mean, we could probably have a list. I mean, everyone (laughs) does. No, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you're in the NBA or or in the NFL or in uh, power five or any, any, any league, or if you're a high school coach, what, you know, everyone has challenges and sometimes we, we, you know, we, we have some, but if you had to say, what are three challenges for your team? What would you say they might be? Or what are you going to challenge them on? Maybe is even better. For, for sure. You know, I think our biggest challenge is going to be, is going to be youth. And it's, it's not an age. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's youth that we, we have one guy that averaged over 25 minutes a game. Everybody mm-hmm. else, average the next guy averaged 14 minutes the next closest guy averaged six and so i have wow. a team so it's experiences i don't have experience you know yeah. and, and i have you know five freshmen that this is all going to be new to them mm-hmm. uh, a junior college transfer who we all know there's a big gap between juco and, and, yep. and division one because you're asked to do different things um at, at this level and so experience is going to be going to be tough um, and, and, and going to be new. Um, you know, I have a staff that's, that's never worked with, with, with me before. Um, and so they're going to get to, you know, learn me. And we all know coaching in practice is a lot different than coaching in games. And so, um, there's going to be some trial and error, uh, there as they get to know me along the way. Um, we have a challenging schedule because we, we have a lot of travel early. You know, we go to Western Michigan, we go to Valparaiso, we go to Air Force, we go to Oregon State, we go to Portland State. And so we we, we are going to be racking up. We go to UTEP, El Paso. So uh, we'll be racking up some some frequent flying miles early. And it's <laughs> it's it's how do we how do we 
adjust to that early? How do we how do we act on the road? You know, you can't play the same way at home as you do on the road. I agree with that. Some of these guys are going to be their first road game. You know, and so they're going to be some of the a lot of the challenges that that, that we face. You know, um, shoot, I've been used to being on charter charter planes the last six years with you, and so now we're going commercial. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. That's nothing. You know, below me by any sense. But you know, it, it, you just reminded me of uh, when I went from the NBA to coaching a CBA team in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it was my first head coaching job. And it wasn't, frankly, that much different. I had 10 players on my team only. Uh, I had no, no assistant coach, no video person. How about that? And, yeah. uh, uh, all, and, uh, and so I remember we bust to games or we flew – into Chicago and took the smallest plane they had at O'Hare to some remote city. And, and it was a different lifestyle. And uh, that was the hardest part of the job for me. The easiest part was the players. I loved the players. I loved games. You know, the coaches in my league back then were Eric Musselman, <laughs> Mike Tebow, wow. the coach of Washington, uh, you know, and, and the coaches were phenomenal. And, but the basketball was great, and 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 I look back at my players. My Conzo Martin, the coach of Mizzou, was my one guard, you know, and Melvin Booker, Devin Booker's daddy, was my other guard, and 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 you know what? Basketball was basketball, but more importantly, I made that job going from a world championship and dream team coach to all of a sudden coaching a job for virtually nothing. I I said, you know what? I'm going to make this the best job in the world. And that's my encouragement to you is that it's the best job that you have right now. It is fabulous. And what an opportunity these kids have to be coached by someone like yourself. David, it is, it's, going to, it's going to be an experience that they'll never forget. The impact and influence you're going to have over these young people in their lives is going to be incredible. And that's the best part of coaching. And they're lucky to have you. And at the same time, I know how appreciative you are to have them. And so it's just going to be such a neat experience. I can't wait to follow you on your journey this year and, and to watch you grow as a coach. And knowing that as our friends, you know, I know you're not a Nike school this year, but uh, that I love the saying that they have at Nike is there's no finish line. And every day you and your team is going to get better. And that's what's so appreciative. So I can't wait to come out and see you. Can't wait to watch you. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks so much, Coach. And thanks for being a part of my journey and my continued journey. And, um, you know, what a great thing you're doing for all coaches around the world, not only in um, in the U.S., but with with your Coaching You uh, podcast and whatnot. It's, it's, it's a great way to learn for anybody that, uh, that that follows you. So thanks for being a part of me and my family's family's life. Oh, well, you know, it, it is. And that's what, we, that's what we have. We have a basketball family all over the world. And I'm lucky that you came into my life. It helped change me uh, for the better. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. David Patrick, phenomenal. I'm telling you, this is a rising star in our, our industry. But more importantly, one of the great people uh, that I've ever met in basketball if you get a chance, really follow him. Follow him on Instagram and stuff. He is so good, and he is, as a person, second to none. I think you'll really enjoy watching him in the future, his teams, and what he's doing out west. Uh, again, I want to tip you off to something, as I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, to what's happening on Monday. We're going to launch my new Ph.D. in coaching course, which is a course that has nothing to do with basketball, but everything to do with the art of coaching, any sport, 
male, female. It is something that we've been working a lifetime on, and I think you're really going to be excited. Until next week with our next podcast, this is the coach, Brendan Serra.